Arsenal podcast with me, Steve. And as always, I'm joined by the guy who would give the Arsenal kit man a run for his money. Calvin, good morning. Welcome. How's it going? Yeah, mate, I'm all good. Thank you very much. I don't know whether I could give Vic Akers a run, a run for his money, mate. That bloke's an absolute legend. That's got to be one of the best jobs going, hasn't it? Like, literally, you just sort the kit out. You get to go to all the games. Happy days. I'd be, I'd be all over that because you can imagine some of the celebrations. If that, if that was you, they'd all be going missing. Calvin, where, where's all the kits gone? Oh, they're not in the boot of my car. Oh, oh they would. They would. A hundred percent, they would be. I'd have all those match worns, all the, you know, all the different patches and all that sort of stuff. No, I sound like an absolute geek. I'm not. I promise you. Um, just appreciate a good Arsenal shirt. What's wrong with that? Eh? I strongly recommend going on Calvin's Instagram at the Arsenal shirt, the original Arsenal shirt man on Instagram. Um, he's got an incredible collection. Every home and away shirt since '89, is it? Every shirt since 1989, bar the 1989 home shirt. I mean, that was, I mean, look, the reason why it was given to me um, by my cousin, the original 1989 away shirt, which, look, has got such, you know, this, you know, it's embedded into our history, that kit, isn't it? Uh, because of Anfield 89. But the only other shirt I'm missing is this year's um, away shirt, which I'm not a massive fan of, to be honest with you, um, controversially, probably. That's the white one, isn't it? Um, it's, yeah, it, the it's white It's all one. right, man. It's, it's a little bit of a strange concept. They were sort yeah. of really sort of scraping the barrel when they came out with um, the Highbury uh, reference, but each to their own. It's, it's yeah, the Marble Halls reference. The <laughs> thing is, oh, we're really going off piece here, but like, with our third shirt, like mm. when when I see it on the TV and the players in it, it looks really cool. But then up close, I'm just not sold. I don't think it's that great. The That's just my shirt. opinion, anyway. It's funny, isn't it, though. It's just, I'd love it if we just stuck to the traditional kind of red, blue, yellow throwing a bit of gold every now and again why not yeah, uh but yeah absolutely. no i didn't bother with getting the the 89 home shirt just because it is look i was alive barely um not conscious let's put it that way conscious enough to know what was going on in, i wish i was kind of uh, more with it i'm sure a lot of us were because that would have been one hell of an ending um to experience right well, incidentally i'm actually watching the 89 90 88 89 season review on the tv nice. right now just just a bit of background it's for I when you sort of waffle off and I just can switch off. You can just seven. switch off and have a look at something <laughs> else, yeah. <laughs> As I'm sure most of the listeners do when I go off on one. I bet, I bet. I'm just kidding, mate. So let's get into the football, mate. Um, obviously, we've got two games to talk about today. We mm. played Southampton on Saturday in the FA Cup and we yep. enjoyed it that much. We thought we'd play them again last night. It happens to us a lot. I don't know if I said this on the last pod, but we seem to get a lot of these kind of double headers. The cup draw, you know, just coincides with who we're playing in the league. So, you know, we did the doubleheader pretty much against Newcastle there. And then obviously we've gone on to do it back to back against Southampton this week. After last night's marvellous performance and victory, mm. it has sort of softened the blow a little bit. I was re- I'm still quite, not upset, but just more annoyed. Go, go, bearing in mind that we're holders and to go out to such a, a poor display. Play. Let's just let's just talk about the Southampton FA Cup game. Get that out of the way, and then we can talk about the positives of last night. Um, so, you know, what, what are your thoughts as a whole on on uh, Saturday's defeat? Yeah, where do you? It's one of those, isn't it, where I think we could use sample bits from previous podcasts of games we've watched. You know, since we started doing this back in December, if you look at that period where we're just really boring to watch, a bit toothless. Not a lot going forward, not creating much. Kind of was just reminiscent of that. Um, not just for the first 45 minutes this time, it was the the full 90. I mean, it wasn't a good game um, overall. 
Uh, and I, and I, I actually say that not just from an Arsenal perspective. I just, I just think from a general footballing perspective, it wasn't a good quality game. Um, ultimately disappointing to get knocked out. You know, my, you know, I was pretty much on the fence, as you know, uh, when it comes to going on a cut run this season. Um, even though it is another way of getting back into Europe, not the the ultimate European dream that we want, but it's it's still a route nonetheless. But no, I mean, look, it was just one of those games where, I mean, I don't know how you felt, but watching it, you, and again, it's hypothetical, isn't it, when you're thinking these things during a game that you just didn't feel, not confident necessarily, but just didn't see a goal coming for us. Um, I don't think we created enough. Did you kind of feel like that yourself through the game? Was it, just, it was just all a bit flat, wasn't it, to be honest? It was. I felt I felt like at front we were we were about as creative as a ham sandwich. The, the lineup itself, I mean, there's been a, a big discussion over social media, people criticising the approach, then the counter-arguments that is, well, when we played Newcastle, we played the likes of Tierney, and people criticised that. So it's a sort of, you know, he's damned if he does, he's damned if he doesn't. Um, yeah, I thought the lineup itself was pretty much what I expected to see. Um, the issue yeah. was we just we were just completely toothless. I thought defensively we were pretty rusty. Mm. Um, a midfield pairing of, of uh, Xhaka and I believe it was Almeni, they were just pretty they were pretty AWOL throughout the game. And then the real issue was at front. Willian, less said about him the better. I thought Martinelli had a poor game. Yeah, he did. Pepe, um, for for all the stats. That was produced after the game. Um, I thought he was he was pretty average, and, and yeah. Eddie up front was was Eddie. Um, it's fine to play those guys, but you have to play him with someone who's informed. Before the game, when the lineup came out, like I said, it I expected to see that eleven. Mm. But my big question was where the goal is going to come. Um, it's interesting though because you know we did have chances. A, a great opportunity early on was that Martinelli one from that set piece, and if yes. he scores that, it's a completely different game. There was a few moments where um, Holden had a great chance in the second half. So there, there were a few... Listen, we talk about football's won and lost by fine margins. Mm. We could have quite easily won that game. I don't think it was... Oh, I don't want to... I think I'm sort of... My opinion is different now because we won last night. So I'm yeah. a little bit maybe... And the games, because everything you know was mean? kind of just a copy and paste of the same, you know, same kit, same place. Yeah. Yes. Ultimately, mate, I was just really disappointed. We spoke after the game and we just said it was crap. It was crap. It was a crap performance um because mm. you know we, we all like the FA Cup and we're holders it was just disappointing to go out to go out in that way mm-hmm. um, I don't think Southampton particularly that great they got a really they got a lucky goal they, they did probably have the better chances and they probably feel like they deserve the win uh that's fair yeah yeah overall I mean like you say there wasn't it was a game with few chances you know obviously when you try and think back to that game I don't remember Leno having to do too much I remember there was one save I think it was in the second half uh, from a header, which was pretty good. But other than that, neither keeper was massively tested um, in the game. Um, there were we did have a couple of chances. Obviously, as you said, the, the Martinelli one, which if he if he gets a good touch to bring it down, very different. Um, there was another opportunity for Petcher towards the end, which he kind of just wildly lashed at, um, which he, you know he should be doing better. In that sort of situation, it's it's the you know it's the classic cliche football saying of hit the target, make the keeper work. Simple like there's a striker, yeah. you know that's that's what you do. Is sometimes in I get what he's probably trying to do. He's just got it wrong. He's just trying to hit it as hard as he can on target to make the keeper work. He's just unfortunately got it horribly peaked on, hasn't he? Let's be honest. It was disappointing. Um, 
let's not overanalyze it. It was it was crap. It was a crap game. We didn't play very well, and that's that. And, and we're out of the cup. cup. Yeah, we're out of the cup, and we move on back stronger. Let's, yeah, all that, let's you know that because yeah, it's done. Um, yeah, let's talk about last night. What a fantastic uh, evening for the Arsenal. Great performance. Great result, really happy. Nights like these is, you know, reminds us why we all love it. Uh, we love the sport, and we love the club. What are your thoughts? Well, I guess just have a look at, you know, we were just talking about the lineup there for for the FA Cup game, and look, you expected changes. Um, I expected it to be a very different game last night. To be perfectly honest with you, I think, you know, Southampton did put out a strong side against this on on the weekend in the FA Cup. Maybe that was a little surprising. I did think that they might struggle tonight just on the back of that, uh, because we, we all knew we were going to have a completely different front three um, or front four, if you want to call it that, when you include Smith Rowe. And instantly, you, you touched up in it already, but look, Granite Xhaka and Elneny do not work in our centre midfield together, unfortunately. They're too, not too similar, but a bit too safety first when they play together. It's, there's not a lot of progression. Um, whereas you throw Thomas Party into that. going forward, do they? Exactly. Um, but, Granite Xhaka can, as he showed in the game last night, for his, you know, the assist for Pepe's goal is a lovely pass. But it's just the difference that Thomas Partey brings into that centre midfield is it's clear for all to see. It's night and day. Um, he gets around the pitch well. And that's what you want, you know, is you know, games are won and lost in the centre of the midfield. Um, he has a real presence, doesn't he? He just gives us that massive lift. And touching upon Xhaka, you mentioned that ball to Pepe. Even before that, that ball to Lacazette. Yes. In, the, in the opening minute, that was a lovely yeah. ball. Um, yeah. And arguably Lacazette should have scored that. Um, it was very Arsenal that you know we had that chance. And then we go. And then Southampton go up the other end and take the lead. <laughs> and yeah. then you, you you think, oh no, here we go yeah. again. I hate I hate to say it though, but what a goal! That, that I hate to say it, but that was a. You, sometimes you know it is oh. annoying when it happens, but there are sometimes you just see goals going against your team, and you do just have to go. Do you know what? As annoying as it was to watch Pepe lose the marker, great finish on the half volley. Um, Leno was unlucky, obviously, not to to get a stronger hand to it. But I didn't have, other than Pepe not picking up the man, that was the only frustration I really had with that with that goal. It, it was just it was a fantastic finish, wasn't it? But defensively, yeah, yeah, we just let him run. He did. Uh, Pepe he... just switched off completely and just let you know let his man just literally. It wasn't even anything extravagant. The bloke just walks into a bit of space and half volley's own. I find it mad that you know at the top level of the sport that these things sort of happen. Mm. If I'm the coach, I'm saying, who the hell was picking him and him up? Mm-hmm. It's very bizarre. Um, but the, we had, we showed an incredible response. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we showed such so much resilience to come back. So often, you know, we've seen Arsenal sort of concede that early goal uh, and we go into our shell and, and, and that's it. Uh, but last night, got straight back into the game. It was a wonderful goal from Pepe. Uh, you touched on it mm. briefly there. The ball from, from Xhaka and he took it really nice, didn't he? Yeah, no, he did. He did take it really, really lovely. And it's, it's funny because you text me, obviously, to saying how good and comfortable he looked on the left throughout the game yesterday. And I remember it would have been a couple of weeks ago. I think I even said this to you. I want to see it. And it wasn't, you know, I'm not saying I'm any kind of football tactical genius, but it was becoming really evident. The most frustrating thing about Pepe is he can beat a man a piece of piss. Like you see him do it twice, even in one move from the same guy. But he the did ultimate it a few problem times last night, didn't he? Yeah. But the difference is when he's on the right, unfortunately, his right leg is purely for standing on and looking at. I think that's one thing we can all 
probably agree on when it comes to Pepe. I, I don't think I've ever actually seen him kick the ball with his right foot, if I'm honest. He probably has. Um, but I wanted to see him on the left because you know he can beat the man, but then once he's beat the man, he's, he's on his strongest foot. So whether it be a strike or whether it be a, you know, a, a final ball that he might be looking for, a cross, I just thought there might be some potential there to, to try and get the best out of him because as much as he frustrates the living daylights out of us um, since he's joined, the big investment that we've got to try and make work. Um, we, we just have to. I just think we've invested so much money into it that I would still rather persist on for another year until next Christmas and then maybe go from there. But look, maybe that's just me being a bit optimistic. I was really impressed with his performance last night. What I really liked mm. about him was just he looked like we touched upon. He was so comfortable on the left-hand side. And mm. so many times in the game, he was willing to take people on. Like, he, like mm. don't get me wrong, there are there were a few uh, occasions where he carries it a bit too far. He should mm. release it earlier. And there was a few times yeah. he ran into traffic and it was a bit frustrating. Um, mm. But at the same time, you're sort of like, you know what? It's frustrating, but at least he's, he, he's, he's trying it. And, you know, how yeah. often have we talked about footballers in our, in our team, like the Williams who just played a safe pass and, and there's yeah. no sort of form momentum no and there's no risk. And Pepe did that a lot last night. W one he thing really I would did, say yeah. that you've touched upon it as well is I think physically he, he's not quite there because he does mm. get kind of pushed off the ball a little bit. And I think if he could maybe up his physical game, there is potential. Like I've always said, you know, when, when players are doing well as, as a fan, you, you love to see it and we'll always support mm. that and um, mm. we'll back that. And, and give him the praise that's deserved. And I was I was really happy for him last night because he, obviously after after Saturday, there was a lot of pressure on him. No, absolutely. I'm delighted to see him step up. And, you know, the one of the first thoughts I kind of had was, you know, because let's be honest, it was the first sort of time we've seen him on, on the left-hand side for, for a full 90. And obviously there was a period where he was supposed to come off there uh, and didn't. But it, it already made me start to think about Saturday night because um, it looks... It looks like we probably won't have Aubameyang back um, for whatever reason um, for this weekend. But what was kind of nice coming out of the game yesterday was, and I don't know whether you thought it either, but we didn't miss Aubameyang yesterday at all. Um, no. We're actually, dare I say, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to project anything too heavily because it's one game. Maybe we were a little bit better without him yesterday. I, I find it far more reassuring having him in the squad though, because you know what he can do. Uh, you mm. know, he can unlock teams and he's, he's incredible mm. in front of goal. I think on what I'm looking at is just the season he's had overall. I just felt that there was a bit more balance to our play. Because um, yeah. like you say, you look at how involved Pepe was throughout the game yesterday. And there's been a lot of games this season where, look, Aubameyang, like we say, Aubameyang's a low-touch player. Pepe's the opposite. Pepe wants the ball. Um, he wants to be involved. He loves the love, as does Aubameyang to a point. But um, I just felt there was a bit more balance to our game overall without him in that front three, um, because Pepe is a lot more inclined to get him, get himself involved. Not usually. What I would say is, um, it's very positive to be in this situation where if Pepe on the left is where it's going to work, mm -hmm. it's competition for Aubameyang. It's competition Absolutely. for Martinelli. And that's what you want. You need that competition. Yeah. To have you know an abundance of quality in the attack is, isn't a bad thing at all. No, it's brilliant. And, you know, we've already... It's funny because... Looking at that lineup going into the game last night, I had a few concerns about our left side. I think most of us would have done when you saw Cedric playing there because he didn't have a great game a few weeks ago um, against Newcastle, I believe, at left back, and then obviously Pepe on the left. I didn't, I didn't foresee um, anything 
overly positive coming from that side. But when you look at it afterwards, again, with that magical word hindsight, it was, uh, we were great down that left-hand was side. He fantastic, wasn't he? Cedric was great. Pepe was great. Um, but what I guess it makes me feel really, you know, like you say, competition competition is great in uh, in the team. And, you know, we're only, I was only talking about this either last week or the week before around, you know, we need someone to back up for Tierney. If there's an internal solution there already, um, and again, it's only one good game he's had at left back, but if there's an internal solution where we don't have to go to the market and spend some money on a left back and we can go and put that money somewhere else, that's, that can only be a positive, right? Cedric was uh, fantastic. Though. Those balls he was playing for, from the left-hand side, there might have been a couple. Mm. There was a few times where he was whipping those balls across. Mm. He, he just looked, even in the first half, he just looked um, like a natural left-back. Get bombing down the wing, mm-hmm. get into space. Him and Pepe, um, I thought, were actually worked really well together. They did, yeah. Straight really and I didn't, didn't expect it, which is nice. I love it when that happens. Because sometimes you go into games with such high expectations of individuals that you get you know, a bit disappointed by what you end up seeing, whereas this was quite the opposite, which is nice, where you, you, know, you didn't have you know, massive expectations on those two individuals to go out and, and do what they did, but they did. And, you know, like you said, some of the balls he was playing. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that second goal. I mean, that, that switch of play and the, the, the ball that he buzzed over for Saka. Oh, oh it, was, it was... It was a football ecstasy. <laughs> yeah, it was good, mate. Yeah, it was a really good one. Um, and, and Saka's obviously first touch and ball across for Lacazette was... I mean, look, you're running out of things to say about Saka at this point because he's just been... So good this season for someone who's so he, young. He was so good last night. He was involved in so much. There was just so many great stand-up performances last night mm. um, from Saka, from Pepe. I thought Jacques played really well. Uh, yeah, Cedric. It, it was really, it was really positive. It's what, you, it's what you want to see from the team. Yeah, it's like I was just going to use the expression. It's like we've turned the corner a little bit now. Because obviously the last few weeks we've been saying we're in it, and we were in it for a while. Um, I don't know. I, t- I am starting to feel like we're coming out of that a little bit. And again, I don't know whether it's just my my brain trying to say, don't be so naive. You know, you've been here before because it's the hope that kills you as an Arsenal fan. We, we know what that's like. But I've seen a lot from the team. And I mean the team, our Premier League team. I mean, look, going back to the, the, the selection at the weekend, it's not the that's not your go-to starting eleven. So I have different feelings towards the the cup side, should we say? Um, but yeah, I, I think this team in general is coming into the straight. Yeah, I think we turn the corner. I think we can really progress on. But with that in mind, you look at the fixtures that are coming up. Um, that's the test. This was a nice test for us to get out of the the, the rut we were in and then get some points together. It was always going to define Mikel Arteta's future um, but now it's a case of we need to define the future of the team and see where is it going to go you know you've got Man United home on the weekend followed by Wolves away Villa away Leeds at home and then Benfica I mean that's going to give us a good good idea of where we're at now that is a ridiculously tough run of games but mm. like you said we've, we've turned well we're turning that corner um, so there's no better time to be playing these teams Man United on the weekend, I always fancy us against Man United, and and both um, teams are really good form. Man yeah. United are due a, a, due a defeat. They are, they really are. It's funny though because 
I'd usually be the same as you thinking about United at home. We usually do quite well against United at home. And I say usually, but their away form is extraordinary. And our home form has been pretty shit this season. So that's I mean, my don't get one. me wrong. If they beat us, I wouldn't be at all surprised. I, know, I hope we give it, I hope we stick it to them um, this weekend. Yeah. I, I always hope we fucking stick it to United because everybody who supports Arsenal has got a handful of United supporting mates wherever you are in the world. Um, it's just the way it is, unfortunately. One of my best friends, the Man United fan, he's such a he's such an arrogant prick. He's he's like I don't even care about Arsenal, whereas I fucking hate Man United. But then he always knows when we're losing. He always pops up when we lose. I'm like, oh, you don't care, but you're you're watching our games, mate. Yeah, rent free. Yeah, you know, you're even in red rent free. Yeah, um, United fans are always like that. They they have this aura of arrogance and just sometimes when it comes to football, not as just people, but just when it comes to football opinions, they could just be. Fucking assholes, honestly. I really, I've got one mate, he's one of my closest mates back home. And, you know, love the bloke to pieces. But sometimes when, you, when you're like, oh, I can't believe Man United are top, how are they there? And he goes, his literal reply would be, it's United, isn't it? And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not, United, 1990, it's not it? 1998 anymore, mate. You know what I mean? It's just this arrogance of, we should be there, we're United. And I know that there's a lot of Arsenal fans that are like, we should be in the top four. Look, it's all down to merit. Um, We're all the sports. same, though. We're... Yeah. We all just want to stick it to the other opposition fans when we've got the opportunity. And there's nothing wrong with that, to be honest. In terms of like games I look forward to and I, 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 I stress about, I always stress about Man United. Like, the nerves will kick in mm. Friday night. <laughs> like, I, I yeah. hate playing them and I hate losing to them. Mm. Um, it's up there with Tottenham for me. The rivalry was always Arsenal Man United when I when I was when I started yeah. watching football, yeah. Um, and it was never about Tottenham because we they were sort of always you know afterthought. Obviously, I don't like them. I love to beat them. I've just got to interrupt you there, Steve. Keep, what you really want to say is back then was you didn't have to worry about Tottenham because Tottenham were shit, and unfortunately now they're not. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it boils down now. to. Um, yeah, for, a bit better. Unfortunately. Yeah, but they've still won fuck all. So in tw- in you know twenty exactly. years, so I oh, know it's crazy, isn't it? Because even if you look at it, and I know they've got two games in hand on us. I know that, but even if they win both of those, they're only nine points ahead of us, and we've had the worst season. We've you know they were title contenders just not long before Christmas, and we were relegation contenders. Mental to say, um, they've really fallen off. Actually, well, I say fallen off if they win their game now and they're six points behind City. Mm. City have come out of nowhere, haven't they? Yeah, they really, people, people almost forgot that Man City existed in the title race, and they were like, "Oh, funny, though, isn't it? Because nowhere before, now, it's off the league." But that's the thing in it. I don't know how many times in my football supporting life where I've seen. You know, we've done it before. I remember our '98 team. We're twelve points behind United at Christmas. Sometimes it is just put yourself in that striking position. Like I think Leicester are in a good position right now as well. You know, just, they've always been there or thereabouts as well, ready to pounce. But City, for me, I think they put a few critics to sleep last night because there was a lot, a lot of talk around they that they might you know tail off because you know Kevin De Bruyne is out injured for a little while. And look, West Brom is shite. We saw that recently. Um, they're a really poor side, I think, to be honest. But you know, five nil away from home. Yeah, no, definitely. I know we won 4-0 there. Here's a, here's a question, and, and don't get me wrong. Don't, I don't for one second think we're going to win the league, because we're not going to win the league. But what are the odds sorry. are on Arsenal winning the league? 
I'll have a look. But I was going to say, I thought you were going to ask me a question and then you were going to go, don't sit on the fence. That's honestly, I thought you were going to say, don't sit on the fence because you know I love sitting on a fence. <laughs> you must have a uh, sore ass and all that, all that fence sitting. I know, we're so we're it's, 11 points on them. They have a game in hand, so it's 14, potentially 14 points. So it is a lot. I don't, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we're going to win the league. Not, I don't think we'll win the league in the month of Sundays. But... No, no, Jesus Christ, no. But um, the thing for me is, and what I like about it, and look, hope kills me, but top four is not out there. Jesus fucking Christ. Sorry, guys, like, listeners, I'm just looking at the league table and it's only just dawned on me. West Ham are fourth. What the? F- yeah, they went fourth last night. They're in an unbelievable season. Yeah, they are. Crikey. So look, with that in mind, the West Ham are above Liverpool. That's just blow. I didn't even realise. That's blowing my mind. I am very, uh, this season in particular, I said to you, I'm struggling to watch neutral football. Just, it's just a bit odd. Um, I haven't been paying a lot of attention to a lot of football outside of Arsenal. Maybe that's how they've got up there without me realising. But anyway, back to what I was going to say. I pay, I pay no attention. I was having a conversation with a fan about Odegaard the other day. Um, and they knew all about him, and I said, I, I don't care about it. I, I don't. I, I, I like. I love football. I follow Arsenal. I couldn't care less about other teams. So what I was just going to say as well, top four is not out of the question. Mathematically possible. We're in good form. I think it's possible. Come come back God, to us yeah. at the end of this this uh, fixtures we got coming up. But look, people, I don't know who you were talking to. Um, I'm not going to say that they're Billy bullshitting. Um, but at the same time. How do you know so much about Odegaard? If you like, no offense, guys, but the league is not sewn on. It's not easily. It's not as accessible as it once was in the UK, where it was on Sky but, all the time. But also, if it is, who's watching all these games? It annoys me when when these players come out the woodwork and everyone pops these YouTube videos on online. That's the problem, of mate. These YouTube. like montages, and it's like we're going really off piece there. Basically, um, what's he trying to say to anybody who thinks they're a scout who isn't a scout? Is get a fucking grip. Stop watching YouTube videos. Most of these people are like 15-year-old kids. Their mum and dad still pay for their phone bill, so. Oh, fucking I wish I had a mum and dad who paid for my phone bill. Lucky bastards. <laughs> oh, I bet, mate. But yeah, I mean, look back back to the game as well. I mean, the performance was just, it didn't dip throughout as well, which I really enjoyed. Um, it is really nice, and it's happened a couple of times recently, and I do think for a, for a good while there, I can't remember on too many occasions where we get the the pleasure to be able to sit back and enjoy an Arsenal performance. And like I said, like I said before, to go behind and to come back, it's not easy. And I think we always look the better team. It was well-deserved. Mm. I always believe that we needed that third goal though, because two, one, there's always that danger. And Southampton always look good going forward. I mean, let's be realistic. Defensively, this season's not been our issue. Really. I mean, how many goals are we conceding now this season? 20 goals. Pretty average, to be honest. When you look at all the others, I mean, Liverpool conceded 22. You know, even Leicester have conceded 21. United have conceded 25. So defensively, it's not been our issue. Our issue was going forward for the while. It just wasn't happening. And I think Holding's always shown us that potential when he joined. We can always, you know, nothing. I, I love some of the Rob Holding moments we've seen um, over the years as well. I mean, you've got that cut final performance where he dominated uh, Diego Costa, which gave us all a, a, you know, a pleasurable smiling moment when he uh, told the man to, you know, don't, you know, he lost his head or whatever. And then there was the, the image of him standing over Sadio Mane last season, which is also quite entertaining, but he's one of those no nonsense kind of defenders. It's funny though, isn't it? You look back, he was nearly out the door in the summer 
Uh, now he's got his new contract and he's playing every week. He's, he's had a great season so far from us, from an individual point of view. And I think it's all about think, consistency, isn't it? And, and he's had that he's yeah. had that run in the team. He's had that um, run. And I think that's that's half the battle. Yeah. I've I've said on here that you know, I didn't think he was the best centre half. And, mm. and I've I sort of questioned some of his performances at times. And I'll eat humble pie. I'll take that. Um yeah, and, I love and I'm you know, and I've been really impressed with him. And I think now he's got that new deal, you know, he's got to prove himself and he's gotta he's gotta keep being consistent and keep putting those performances in. Yeah, well, I think like you know, much like Hector Bellerin, it takes a while to come back after a serious knee, knee injury. Um, especially when you you got to think he's a centre half and the amount of jumping that he has to do. And that's you know that's a, a mental strain for any kind of centre half. Um, I do just think he's he's back to where he was before the injury pretty much now, uh, which is great. But just touching on the Louise thing coming in as well, I wasn't overly surprised. Look. I was a little bit disappointed because I do I do want to see Rob Holding and Gabrielle kind of build a partnership because I do think for the foreseeable, that's the future. Now, look, I'm, I'm excluding uh, Saliba there a little bit. I can appreciate, but, you know, the guys, as we previously discussed, so incredibly young. Um, but then if you look at how Gabrielle played at the weekend, you know, we've seen a few players come back from COVID who struggle with their fitness a bit. Um, and maybe... Maybe he was one of those at the weekend. He wasn't on it um, at the weekend at all. And that's even excluding the own goal because I just feel like that was quite unlucky, to be honest with you. But, you know, he's a player that plays on the front foot. I think he's tough. Yeah, there's well, Lascelles, I think, had it quite bad at Newcastle. And it's it's, it's taken him over a, well over a month to get back to match fitness from it. Because um, he looks off the pace in one of the games he played. I remember it came up and that's why I'm referring to him specifically. But... Yeah, I mean, Louise is not our long-term future. He's gone this summer. If, if he's still at Arsenal next year, I'll be very surprised. Um, so, yeah, look, I think Gabriel will come back in when he's fit enough to do so. Yeah, definitely, mate. I really agree with that. I think he's a good fix. He, he, he obviously, uh, he does a job and he's played in the Premier League for, for a long time. He's got a lot of experience, but long-term, let's be, let's be fair, he's going to be out the door in the summer and I think we'll all be glad to see the back of him. Just because, you know, there's always an error in him. You never know what he's going to do. He's unpredictable. Yeah. No, I do. I, can, I can't agree more with you. You just worry. Like when Mustafi plays, sometimes you get a 10 out of 10 from Mustafi. Rare, I appreciate. But sometimes you've seen him play and you're like, why can't you play like this every week? Uh, and it's, it's that frustration. When you're trying to be a top, top club, you need that that consistency in your in your in your players uh, and that's just something we don't get from those two so look with that in mind i guess look you you wanted to touch on some transfers and i believe steve um yeah it's been a really good window for arsenal socrates is gone klasnach is gone mesut ozil's gone just wanted to touch upon ozil we don't really talk about him much on here um this is where i stand um nothing against him personally and i think uh, it's the right time to to move on for, for the player for the fans for the club I think mm. the squad need it because I just don't think it's it's healthy to have that sort of elephant in the room. I don't really buy into this legendary status. At the end of the day, you know, he was a good footballer for Arsenal and he, you know, he helped us get back to winning trophies. We never reached the levels we, we, we expected to reach, you know, when when we had the likes of him, Santi, uh, and Alexis, you know, we Alexis, yeah. we, we, didn't, we didn't win the league once, we didn't we didn't challenge in Europe. 
so in that front, it was a little bit disappointing. But all in all, I'm just glad to see the end of it. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, I'm much like you on it. I'm not necessarily glad to see the back of the man as such, because I think we can all appreciate the, you know, the footballing talent he has. Um, I use had. I mean, he's still got it, right? Form temporary class is permanent. I always believe in that. But at the same time, it's just, it was just a circus around Arsenal for the last two, two and a bit years with him. Um, got a bit tiring, a bit tedious. I do feel there was an opportunity missed from our point of view to build a better team when he was at his peak. You have to look back at the summer of 2015 when we only signed Peter Cech. That was incredibly disappointing. I do feel if we were a bit more ambitious that year or that summer, um, we probably could have gone on to win the league when you look at it. Um, but look, it's, I'm just glad it's done. The, the line in the sand has been drawn. It's something we don't have to talk about anymore. Ultimately, it's disappointing. It really is a disappointing end for, from both the club perspective and the players. Um, you know, because he was with us seven and a half years, which is a long time for a modern player um, in, in, in modern football. You don't see that sort of tenure as often as we once did. I'm just glad it's done. It's just created so much negative energy and negative press in, in recent times. And I think what really doesn't help it is he's got a real loyal fan base. And in their eyes, he can do no wrong. And yeah. It just fine. creates that divide. And it's fine. You know what? If, if you love Ozil and you think he's the next best thing, then by all means, you know, whatever helps you sleep at night. But for, for the for the real Arsenal fans... Yeah, I'll always put Ozil club before... It. It's always club before player or club before anybody. Um, it's always going to be that way for me. And I'll have opinions that will be fluid throughout my supporting life. You know... The fluidity of uh, opinions happens quite a lot. We, we've spoken about this before. I mean, and again, you've eaten humble pie a couple of times. And do you know what? I love eating that Arsenal humble pie. If I'm wrong about some of this Arsenal related and it means that we benefit, give me that humble pie all day, every day. I'll eat it until I'm a fat as a fucking house, honestly. Um, and that would take a lot of pie because you are. For me, it would, yeah. Because yeah. where size small Arsenal shirts to give you so, an idea, listener. Yeah, I'm built like a 12 year old listener. Um, just the way it is but you know what fuck it is what it is um i just hate winter for that reason i'm a summer man but yeah just yeah, just great to see it you know it's, it's and it's funny you touched upon um this is a good window for arsenal by the way and it, i can't help but laugh a little bit because even i think it's a good window and i'm sure a lot of us do but we haven't bought anyone yet and we think it's a good window and that just goes to show how desperate we are to yeah, where are these players that have been here for a long time picking up big wages? You just aren't doing it. They don't cut, you know, they don't. There was also like a real click of them as well. Like you see them on social media, they all come out and tweet each other. And I just think they were definitely creating a lot of negative um, energy behind the scenes. I'd, I'd love to see Mustafi out the door next because I don't want mm. to see him again. Um, but I think he'll probably be with us to the end of the, end of the season. I think he um, will be. I, I'm not overly fussed on that one. Sorry, Steve, just to cut across you there because. I don't care. Like, now his little mates are gone. And it doesn't bother me as much. Look, we're not getting any transfer fee for the bloke. And if you terminate his contract, you're still going to have to pay the same amount of wages mm. unless there's some, you know, something that they agree on um, in the background. But look, he's not, in the, he's not in my starting 11. He's not even in, actually, he's not even, he's not even in match day squads anymore, is he? Like, I haven't even noticed. You know what I mean? Like, that's how much I don't really care about it. Look, yeah, let's get him off the books as soon as we can. If it happens in January, brilliant. If it happens in the summer, which it definitely will, happy days. Happy days. So he's not in the, he's not anywhere near the starting 
lineup. And that for me is positive. Absolutely. And rumor has it that Odegaard will be announced today. Mm-hmm. Um, which is exciting. It's always good to be. It's only alone. I don't know too much about him. I'm not a football expert, but we all heard he was a wonder kid, right? Yeah. I mean, for me, look, I'm Smith Rowe starts in our starting 11 full stop now. It's as simple as that. Um, he's done it. It's still a small sample size, but he's done it consistently enough now since that Chelsea game where he deserves it all day, every day, the same way Saka did when he came in. Just did it, got on with it, and you you can't, you know, you can't argue him not being in the starting eleven. Whereas Odegaard's a backup for the next six months, and I'm happy with that. Uh, yeah, so we just got to talk obviously as well. We've we've already had one guy come in, and that's Matt Ryan, which came out of the blue. Uh, which I don't know about you, but I'm really happy with that signing, to be honest with you, because I really, you know, I used to play in goal um, when I played, and I've really been impressed with Matt Ryan as a goalkeeper uh, for Brighton. Now, he's lost his place weirdly, um, which I did find a bit strange. But as a backup keeper, and you know, look, it's very easy to come and sign for a club and say, oh, I used to get up at 4am in the morning to watch Arsenal. You've got to take his word for that. Because it's so you hear it all the time. It's always my dream to play for whoever. It's fine. Um, but just from a from a backup point of view, I'm delighted. I think that's a great signing. And if he's out of contract in the summer, which I believe he is, you were saying, yeah, um, then brilliant. Loan signing, get him on the free in the summer. That is smart business. I'm not going to go too deep on the business side of it because I know you'll just zone off and go back to watching that 1989 season review. So, But it's smart business and that's something we have not done. Um, so yeah, we wouldn't have just scored, it. actually, just so you know. Brilliant, yeah, cheers, mate. Um, but you know, it's, it's you know, it is smart business. It's just one of those things that we we've been so dumb in the transfer market over the last number of years. I think you actually sent me a, an image there of the amount of money we spent on a X amount of players and got zero in return. It was madness. And um, so I like the fact that we're being a bit smarter, um, especially you know considering where we are uh, in life at the minute. So yeah, I think that's a great move. And he, he no, did come out and say his goodbye. So he's definitely a free agent at the end of the season. And hopefully we can tie him down to that. And I think, yeah, like you said, really good move because mm-hmm. it was always a bit of a concern if Leno got injured, Runnison. We, we haven't seen much of him, but what we have seen, it, le- it leaves, you, leaves a few questions. So, no, all, yeah. all good, all good. And I think uh, this Odegaard, I'm not going to read too much into it. I think, yeah, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it goes back to Madrid and, and we, we, we go again next season. No, absolutely, and it's, that's why I don't. I'm not. I don't really have a massive opinion on the Odegaard because I don't, I've never really watched the player. To be honest with you, I just look. It's six months. If um, a lot of games coming up, you can't expect Spurs to start every game. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. I just think that's some good moves from the, from the club. If it, if the Odegaard one comes in, which he said it should be done today, I think you know from everything we've been reading over the last couple of days, it's definitely going to happen. My only fear is was that terrible loan signing we did a couple of years ago. Who was that guy? Just checking out there is Dennis Suarez. There's a name for you. One of the worst loan signings of all time. Um, I just look. You, can, I know he's not coming to us injured, which is a massive help. I just hope he can have a bit more, a uh, bit more input than that, which wouldn't be hard. Just play one game. To go out and buy anyone, I think. You know, when you bear in mind we've just taken a massive loan from from the bank, it was never mm. going to happen. And yeah, it'll it'll, it'll plug a hole um, for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, 
pretty much happy with that. Pretty much happy with that. And we, you know, we've got a few days left of the window, so we'll see how we see how we do. But yeah, Steve, I think we'll just leave it there. I think we've covered everything we want to. I don't want to talk about Southampton again for a while. As always, myself and Steve just want to thank you for joining us on the latest podcast. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the listen. Um, and we'll be back shortly after the Man United game on Saturday evening. Steve, as always, I guess we can kind of touch base and arrange a podcast either during, after. I see how I feel. I see how I feel. Yeah, I've, got, feel. I've got a busy schedule of um, playing FIFA and Grand Theft Auto next week. So. Yeah, that's a good that's a good schedule, man. Not slightly jealous of that at all. But look, we'll be back. Uh, let's hope we can get another three points against United at the weekend. Um, there's nothing better than sticking it to United. Um, so yeah, three points at the Arsenal. And look, until then, guys, take it easy. I'll catch you on the next one. Cheers, mate. Love the Arsenal.